I'm on my own this week, and today I'm going to be talking about why I love LeBron James and why he deserves to be in the discussion as the greatest of all time. This is the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time What's up, gurus? I appreciate you tuning in for another episode of The Game Time Guru with your host, Shane Larson. That's me. Um, If you're a returning listener, you've been listening to my previous episodes, I hope you've enjoyed those. Um, And if this is your first time listening, I greatly appreciate you joining us. I really do. Uh, I hope you can. I hope you enjoy this. And then if you do, please share it with your friends and family and head on over to iTunes and leave me a review if you can. Uh, give me five stars. It'd be much appreciated if you like it. If not, give me an honest review, two, three, whatever it may be. But anyways, I just want to show my appreciation first before I get started for everybody. The podcast is growing. Uh, my viewers, my listeners, everyone, it's growing. And a lot of it has to do with the guests that I brought on. Um, I appreciate every one of the guests that's come onto the show over the last year, uh, how they've shared it with their friends and family. And and organically, this, this show has grown. Um, and it's going to probably be my largest month yet. So greatly appreciate all of you. Um, and I would appreciate if you guys could continue to show the support by sharing the podcast out with all of your friends and family and all your followers. So like I said in the introduction, I'm on my own today. And I want to talk about a topic that is always getting beat in the media, right? Like this is something that always comes up. And this is why I've always kind of shied away from speaking about it on my podcast, because I didn't want to bring up the same thing that ESPN and Fox Sports News and CBS Sports is always bringing up. And that's LeBron James. But I felt like I wanted to really give my opinion here and share my knowledge with you guys so that you can hear from me rather than bringing on a guest this time. I wanted to give you my knowledge as the game time guru so that you can, uh, you know, make an informed decision when it comes to LeBron James. The reason I'm bringing it up, though, is obviously, um, if you listen to the weekend wrap-up with us, and if you didn't, you probably have understood it if you like sports, there was a trade deadline last week. And in that trade deadline, the Cleveland Cavaliers blew it up, blew up their entire organization and kind of put some younger pieces together. Um, obviously, I believe it was one of the best trade deadline moves from an organization, especially a contender in the NBA, that I've ever seen. Uh, While it was crazy, it was not necessarily unexpected because we knew that that organization was going down the wrong path. And we watched their first game all together against the Celtics, and that first game brought up a lot of discussion. It stirred up a lot of discussion because obviously they got younger, they got more athletic, um, they looked like they're having fun because it was the honeymoon game, you know what I mean? Um, But then everybody starts talking about LeBron James. Like, well, if LeBron doesn't get what he wants, then he gets to have whatever. And and if if it doesn't work out, then it's it's never his fault. It's the GM's fault. Well, this is why I want to talk about this today because I'm – going to be completely front with you guys. If you guys haven't already understood this I or, or known this or whatever, come to your own conclusion, I love LeBron James and I'm very biased when it comes to this, but I want to bring up the goods and the bads about LeBron James and explain why I truly love this guy as a player. Like I, I love this guy. LeBron is such an amazing basketball player and I don't believe that like his haters are so stuck on the fact that he doesn't deserve to be in the discussion with as the greatest of all time because Michael has it by a landslide, and it's not. It's much closer than what people think. First thing I want to talk about is the draft class, and this came to my mind while I was watching 
some of the games right before the trade deadline. And it actually was with Dwayne Wade um, when he was still with the Cavs before he went back to Miami during the trade. Uh, I was watching one of the games and I was like, man, how sad is that? Um, I just truly believe that like Dwayne Wade's fall off in his career as far as his athleticism, his ability to take over games, stuff like that was just so drastic. And it kind of actually started when LeBron was on the heat with Dwayne. Um, if you guys remember, he had some knee injuries and he was starting to slow down. His defense was awful. Um, he could still score, but he had some knee problems. And so his injuries derailed his career. And that got me to thinking, you know, like how amazing is it that LeBron James is still competing at the level that he's competing and he is yet, knock on wood, to have a major injury to derail his career or to set him back. You know what I mean? Normally, you'll see these guys like the Kobe Bryants, you know, the Dwayne Wades, um, the, we'll bring up Carmelo Anthony as well. Like You'll have knee surgeries, uh, shoulder surgeries, and those surgeries are terrible. And while like Kobe was able to come back and compete at a high level, they do slow you down. Your explosiveness isn't there. Look what happened to Chris Webber when he was in his prime. His injuries to his knees, terrible. He never was the same player afterwards. But LeBron takes care of his body. And that's what I want to talk about. LeBron takes care of his body. And the work he puts in on and off the court is unbelievable. When it comes to his diet, he takes care of his body. When it comes to his sleep, he sleeps in the hyperbaric chamber or whatever you call those things. He takes care of his body. He makes sure that he's in the shape that he needs to be in to be able to compete at a high level. He's strong. He's built like a Greek god. 6'8", 265 when he first came into the league, roughly. I mean, he's probably trimmed down now because you can tell he needed to take some weight off to be, you know, have... Uh, a little bit less impact on his joints but you can see that he's built in a way that's like a tank like he can't he never gets terribly hurt because he's so able to like just get beat up and keep giving it um one of the things that I remember uh, Michael Jordan talking about was when he couldn't beat the Pistons because he was getting beat up he was always getting beat up so he put work in in the gym right he started lifting weights a lot in the offseason putting on some muscle because what happens is when you take the take a beating over and over and over again and guys are coming full speed at you getting really physical people don't realize from my experience in boxing um it's the same concept when you start getting hit and you start bruising well then it takes more oxygen for your body to 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 function because your muscles are bruising it's taking more oxygen and blood to those areas and so it's it's harder to function well then it's also harder to recover and in the nba you're playing 80 plus games then add the playoffs on top of that especially finals runs you're playing close to 100 plus games every season and after a while your body's going to fall apart the fact that lebron james has been playing at this level the size that he plays the position that he plays and at the speed that he plays the physicality everything and still being able to compete and this is his 15th year in the league it's unbelievable to me and people don't realize how how insane that is. I'm almost 30 years old. My body's already falling apart, right? I'm 30 years old. I don't even play in the NBA, but my lower back hurts. Uh, my knees hurt. My shin splints always give me problems. I'm always having issues. I had shoulder surgery last year. I still don't understand how anybody in professional sports could come back from a shoulder surgery and still be the same person because it was one of the toughest things I've ever gone through. It's just insane to me how he takes care of his body. Now, look at some of the guys from his draft class, right? The main guys from from LeBron's draft class, Dwayne Wade, we already mentioned, Chris Bosh, and Carmelo Anthony, okay? 
obviously Chris Bosch's situation was a little different with his, you know, his health. But like Dwayne Wade, we just mentioned his injuries. Carmelo Anthony. What's so sad about Melo is you look at him now. Obviously, these dudes like Melo and, and Wade are in the league still. And they're playing. But they're not the same players at all. Not even close. And Carmelo's explosiveness is non-existent. And I, I get so sad watching some of his old highlights with the Nuggets when he was younger in his career. Like from 03 through like 09, 2010. Um, it seems like you you forget about the mellow of old because mellow could actually get to the rack and throw it down. He had hops, explosiveness. He would get to the bucket and dunk. He was an all-around player. He could jump he had his jump shot and actually earlier in his career mellow was a better shooter than LeBron from like he had a deeper range and he was more consistent as a jump shooter and and he could get to the rack and score. And you look at him now and he's basically a spot-up shooter. And uh, a one-on-one player. And when Melo has the ball, when it's one-on-one, he has no moves. And it's so sad to see how he kind of fell. A lot of it had to do with his knee surgery. He had some knee problems. And he's getting older and his body's falling apart. And you can just tell he just, he's not the same athlete that he was. LeBron, however, it seems like he's taking a step up as he gets older. Because he's taking care of his body and putting the training in. And he's still there. Now, keeping I wanted to talk about some of the number one picks since LeBron James. Okay. We had Derek Rose. Um, so let's say here. Okay. We had Dwight Howard, Andrew Bogut, Andre Bargnani, Greg Oden, Derek Rose. Those were like the guys that came right after like one number one picks afterwards. Then there was the Blake Griffin and even he had his surgeries too. And he's had his issues. He's still competing at a high level, but Blake Griffin's even had his problems and his injuries. Obviously LeBron has never had a major injury and he's 15 years into the league all of those guys were number one picks and they're all then they came after lebron you can kind of see how they've already deteriorated and lebron's been here for longer still competing at a high level he takes care of his body now the other argument that always comes up and this was especially last week after the trade deadline is the the teams that lebron has played for people are like well lebron has to play with the best players or or it doesn't work Okay, that's where I, I, I call BS, right? Now, he went to the Heat because he didn't get anybody to help him out on the Cavs. Everyone says, that, you know, like LeBron has to have the best players. Michael Jordan arguably had one of the best teams built around him of anybody I've ever seen. Scottie Pippen, Steve Kerr, Tony Kukoc, Dennis Rodman. Are you kidding me? He had the best rebounder, probably the best... Uh, and Scottie Pippen, that's your best wingman that like to ever play the game is, is a complimentary guy to a superstar. Scottie Pippen was a stud. Steve Kerr was clutch. I mean, he wasn't like a superstar, but he was clutch. He'd come in there and get the job done when he needed to. Tony Kukoc could shoot whenever he wanted, and he was a big body to get some rebounds from time to time. And Dennis Rodman is the greatest rebounder of all time. Great defender, greatest rebounder to ever play the game. So don't tell me that, that Michael Jordan didn't have his superstars, okay? He had his superstars around him that were perfect for his system. Now, I'm not discrediting Michael. I think he's an amazing athlete. There's a reason he won six championships. Obviously, that I'm just saying that LeBron should be in the discussion as the greatest of all time. It's not a landslide like where Michael's this much better than LeBron. It's not. It's a lot closer than people think. When Michael left the Bulls, 
they made the Eastern Conference Finals, and they still had a winning record without him in the so-called, what everybody says, that gauntlet of the Eastern Conference back in the day you know, when they played, right? They had so much physicality. You had the Pacers. You had the, the Knicks. You had the Pistons. And then Orlando at that time with Shaq and Penny. Like, you had those guys in the East, and Chicago still seemed to put up a fight when Michael wasn't there. They didn't win. Obviously, Michael was the missing piece. He comes back. They win three more. I get it. He's great, but he had his team around him. When LeBron left the Cavs the first time, I've already talked about this on a podcast before, uh, talking about how when he left the Cavs, they actually ended up with a losing record. They were the, the worst team in the NBA three of the four years, I believe. They got a number one pick three times when LeBron was in Miami. A number one pick three times. They weren't just a losing record. They were the worst team in the NBA, seriously. And that was even after Kyrie got there and he was young into his career. Because even Kyrie was battling injuries, but he still was, he wasn't the leader he is now. And Kyrie couldn't help the Cavs, so they got a number one pick. That's how they got Anthony Bennett. That's how they got Andrew Wiggins. They got number one picks because LeBron left, and that was the same team. Like he basically, you could see that the Cavs were basically a junior varsity team when LeBron wasn't on the team. So he didn't have a team. He goes over to to Miami and teams up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Okay. And a couple of guys around him. He had some superstars. The thing is, in today's NBA, you have to do that to be able to compete. That's just how it is. The Celtics did the same thing before that. Celtics put together their squad to compete. Because that's just how it is. It's a superstar league. And now they can form the super teams and put everyone together. And it just seems that LeBron was like, okay, well, I'm late to the game. He couldn't do it on his own. He realized that. So I respect him for that. Right? He was pushing, he was pushing, he was pushing, but he could not get past Boston. The big three, actually the big four with Rondo, that was a solid squad. That Celtics team was unbelievable as a team together. Plus, they were coached by Doc Rivers, who knew how to put them together. And speaking of coaches, Michael Jordan had the best coach to ever go through the game, minus Greg Popovich, and that was Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson knew how to coach superstars and super teams. Ask Kobe Bryant about Phil. Okay, so Michael Jordan not only had a great team, he had the best coach arguably to ever to ever coach in the game, or at least top three. Okay, Phil Jackson. Name LeBron James's coaches. Okay, you, you're not going to see a Hall of Fame coach on Le, LeBron James's resume. Like that's just not that, that's it's not going to happen. He never has played for a great coach like that, which is unfortunate. Um, so keep that in mind. And now there's going to be arguments that happen, right? But when LeBron went to Miami, let's just get back to that real quick. He goes to Miami, plays with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. He competes. He wins his two championships, two out of four. And then he comes back to Cleveland. What happened to Miami when LeBron came back to Cleveland? Well, they kept Dwayne Wade, and they had Chris Bosh for a minute before he got into his situation where he couldn't play anymore. And they had brought a couple guys back. They basically re-signed almost the entire squad because they were all off of contract once LeBron left. But then once LeBron left, everybody came back and they kind of restructured everybody's deals. There was a lot of guys that returned and there was a few new new guys um, that came to the team. Like uh, I think it was Luol Deng and Danny Granger came in there. And that's who they were trying to lure for LeBron to stay. But um, the Heat were terrible after LeBron left. In fact, they returned over half of their players from the year before. We actually already looked that up. So the Heat actually returned over half the players that next year, and they were terrible. Didn't even make the Eastern Conference playoffs, and that was in the weak Eastern Conference, as we all know nowadays. LeBron goes to Cleveland, and he he gets to a finals his first year there. A Cleveland team that 
had gotten three number one picks during the time that LeBron was gone. He comes back to Cleveland and he makes the team instantly better. So that's what's insane to me is, is that LeBron has that ability to immediately change a franchise. Okay, He's unbelievable, and I love that about his game. And some people will say this, you know, like the argument is he's a great player and a terrible GM. And I'll give you that. Like he comes in there and he starts trying to call the shots and saying like, this is who I want. This is who I want. And I think it stems from his first stint in Cleveland when the Cavaliers didn't do anything that he was asking them to do. So they didn't give him any help. And so I think he kind of got that in his mind where he had to start calling the shots and be the bad guy. And I think that's still it's his it's his kryptonite because it's he's not good at it. He tries to put teams together, to put players together, and they just don't mesh. Um, and part of the problem is, is with his big contract, and they've got Kevin Love. It's it's hard to put players together, so they always had to get these like you know the has beens coming in there to try to to help them. And that's where you had the Dar- Darren Williams last year who didn't show up in the finals at all. Um, you got the IT this year and the Derrick Rose. Those those types of players that, you know, they're good, but they're not great. I thought IT was great last year, but he had his hip injury. Um, and so the thing is, is he puts these teams together and he, he makes, he voices his opinion and it doesn't always work, right? It doesn't always work out the way he wants, so he gets frustrated. Uh, they still win games. They still had a winning record. As, as much as people want to say it was a train wreck this season before the trade deadline, they were still winning games. They were third in the East. I mean, it's not like they weren't winning. So that's it's insane that people think they were just completely out of it. They were still probably going to compete for the Eastern Conference Championship. They were just – you could tell their locker room was falling apart. But, yeah, he's not a very good GM. I'll give you that. But the thing is, is he can play with anybody, and that's the coolest part about it. You can put anybody on his team, and he's going to make them better. And – I love the part about his game that he's just an absolute worker. LeBron James is a worker. What I mean by that is he knows what his his strengths and weaknesses are. One of his weaknesses, if you remember in the finals against the Dallas Mavericks, his first year with the Heat, was that he had absolutely no post game. Like there's no post game. For a guy who was six foot eight, two sixty-five. He was a, a straight like face-up player where if you got the ball in the post, he always would face you up and then try to take you off the dribble rather than backing you down. So when he got on mismatches with the point guards like Jason Kidd, you know, he was just trying to muscle you when he was backing you down, but he didn't have any flow or any, any, anything like smooth to his game, and it's, he struggled. In fact, when he tried to post up Deshaun Stevenson, Stevenson was strong enough to be able to hold his own against him in those finals, and LeBron struggled. He struggled mightily. Well, now LeBron is one of the best players. He has one of the best uh, averages in the paint in the NBA. Like, he scores at will in the paint. He's an efficient basketball player. Why is that, though? Because LeBron James realized that that was one of his weaknesses, and he went to work in the offseason. He's a worker. He realized how he needed to change up his game. He takes less shots from outside. He gets to the bucket, and he scores. He gets to the bucket, and he scores. He kind of reminds me of Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin is a worker. He couldn't shoot the ball outside of the paint, and now Blake Griffin has extended his range to the three-point line. That's why Blake Griffin is amazing for coming back after those injuries and still being able to work and expand his game, and he's not just a dunker. That's a worker. LeBron James, ladies and gentlemen, is a worker. So everybody hates on him, but he's such an amazing athlete, such a great basketball player, a student of the game. Should he stay out of politics? Absolutely. 
Uh, he probably shouldn't speak up because when he speaks, he speaks as if it's doctrine, and I can't stand that. I don't mind players stating their opinions on politics because I do it myself when I'm at work, right? So, like, I'm an employee. I talk to my coworkers about politics from time to time or whatever it may be. There's no difference in that, like, from an athlete doing it. They're, they're at work, and they're talking. That's their medium. Um, but the thing is, when he speaks, he speaks as if it's doctrine, and there's no other opinions that matter and that kind of bugs me about that so he should probably stay out of politics I want to talk about his defense well Michael Jordan was defense player blah 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 blah, blah. first team this is all defense player of the year this and that LeBron James is an amazing defender but he's not the one-on-one defender that Michael was right Michael was a great one-on-one defender he was a little bit shorter and he's lanky though and he can move side to side pretty quick and stay in front of a, a an offensive superstar essentially he could strip the ball from your hands he was smart he understood where the ball was at he knew how not to get get foul calls um, he was good with his timing when it came to swatting down uh, stripping the ball that's all that that's all part of studying film and practicing and getting the techniques down and the rhythm uh, because not everybody can just swipe down at a ball and not hit someone's hands Michael was great at that. He could swat down, strip the ball, everything like that. LeBron James is a great defender, but not uh, one-on-one. And that's where his weakness is. But I hate how people say that, like, they always compare him, like, well, he never had defensive player of the year. Here's the deal. Like, it's the same concept. Everyone says he flops. Yes, he does. But I actually take that as a positive because he's using today's game. He's he's evolved into what today's game is. LeBron James wasn't a flopper when he came into the NBA. Hello. Go back and watch the the games when he was younger he wasn't a flopper when he was playing the Pistons in the Eastern conference finals. And he had to put up 50 points to beat them when he was averaging over 40 minutes a game. He was young in his career. He was going hundred miles an hour. He was not flopping. He was getting beat up everywhere. Cause they still had their squad together. That was insanely good. And LeBron wasn't a flopper, but he's evolved with the game. He realized, okay, well the game's going to get softer in that sense. Well, I'm going to flop. I'm going to flop because the referees are calling more fouls. I actually think it's genius. If that's how the game's going to be played now, then that's how the game's going to be played. I don't think he should be knocked for flopping. I think it's annoying, but a lot of the superstars do it. If you understand the game and you know how to take advantage of the game, then you're going to do that. And I think that's what he does. He understands how the game works now. Um, When it comes to defense, though, that's what I was going to say about flopping. Michael Jordan, here's the thing. Everyone says, well, it was so much more physical back then. Well, yeah, they let you get away with a lot of stuff back then. On defense, you could grab you could grab a hold of their jersey. You could hand check them. You can't do that anymore. You could hand check them. You could get away with a lot of body contact when people were going to the, to the rack. You could hold on to guys coming off of screens, hold on to their jerseys, pull them down. They let a lot of things go back then. And that stuff is how you get an advantage. I mean, there were guys even when I played in high school that understood that. Like, if you're coming around a screen and the defenders behind you and they know that they're not going to be able to stick with you off of that screen they'll pull your jersey they'll get a hold of your jersey and as long as they stay close enough to you the ref can't see them pull well it gives them that advantage because now they can either strip the ball when they make the entry pass to you when you're coming around or they're right there and they can swat it or they're just not going to get scored on they're closer to you i believe that michael jordan as well as every other player back then when it was physical they had the advantage when it came to defense that much more so than what people have now because now you can't put your hands on anybody now you can't you can't even put a body on someone without it being a flagrant foul back then you could get physical and they wouldn't blow a whistle not at all so 
Michael Jordan was great at defense. I will never take that. This is not a, a knock on Michael Jordan. This is not a podcast to knock on Michael Jordan at all. He is the greatest of all time. But what I'm saying is for people to say, well, he's not the same or that LeBron's not the same defender as Michael Jordan. He's not the same defender, but he's great at defense. And he's also a great student of the game because he's evolved with the game. So here's the deal. LeBron's not a great one-on-one defender, but I can tell you right now, he sure as heck can you you want to, if he's near you you've got to you got to pay attention so he alters shots because you got a guy who's on the weak side playing you know going at the at the bucket if he sees LeBron playing weak side defense it, he's got that in the back of his mind he's always got to know where LeBron's at because LeBron will come from the backside and swat you every single time and that's the that's the the impact that LeBron James has on the the defensive side of the floor also i just love the fact that LeBron demands so much of his team. He is uh, he has a problem. He has this issue where he gets frustrated. He gets pouty if their team's not doing well. I hate that. He gets pouty. But I think it's because he demands so much of his team. He demands so much of his players, and I think a lot of players don't like that. They didn't like it when he came to Miami, and he started running the practices saying, hey, I remember Chris Bosh complaining that they were practicing too hard the very first like week or two of their, their season when they got together, um, that it was just practice and this and this and this. And that's where you see the difference between LeBron James and some of those other superstars that I just mentioned. They complain. They complain about having to practice too hard. That's not the same kind of practice. You saw Rajon Rondo when he was with the Bulls complaining about Jimmy Butler and Dwayne Wade and how they weren't the same leaders as he had with Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen. Because their practices weren't the same. They didn't take things as seriously. So you can even see, even though they're great on the court, there are some guys out there, those quote-unquote superstars, that just don't demand the same thing out of their teammates because they themselves are not leading by example. LeBron James leads by example. Kobe Bryant was the same way, and so was Michael Jordan. They were the same way in practice. They took it serious. They wanted to take your head off. LeBron James was 100 miles an hour in practice. Simple as that. I love that about him. I don't like how he pouts when they're not they're not getting their way and they're they're struggling, but I do love that he demands so much of his players. I really do. So, would it be difficult to play with him? Obviously, that's that's probably true, right? It, it would be difficult to play with LeBron. He's the greatest of all time, and his system of play is a little bit different. But if you're a shooter and you're you're, you're just a straight shooter, why wouldn't you want to play with LeBron? He's a facilitator first, scorer second. And that's what's amazing is he can play the point guard at that position, causes so many mismatches. If you're a shooter, just get open and he'll get you the ball. And I think that's so cool. People should love that and then take it for what it is. If he's demanding a lot of you, learn from it. Kyrie learned from it. Then he went off on his own and he's actually holding his own over in Boston. So just to watch the progression of LeBron James from the time he was in high school all the way through until now is just insane. I love LeBron. I think he's such an amazing basketball player, and he needs more credit. The haters absolutely hate, and I get it. I'm so biased that it's unbelievable, but I wanted to bring some some topics to the table so that I could open you guys' eyes. Like, I won't bring the facts, like the statistics and stuff like that, because Nick Wright from Fox Sports News already did that. He did that that last season, and and, and everybody heard it, and they he had the people complaining about this or that. His facts were absolutely right. I mean, LeBron has better three-point percentage, better two-point percentage, this and this and this and this. He goes off on all the statistics, and technically speaking, he has better statistics than Michael Jordan ever did. But those are all subjective 
based on you know the teams they were playing and this and that. I get that. I wanted to bring topics to the table that were more off the court or just a little bit less you know numbers oriented because I, I look at you know it's the eye test. You watch it and and you just get to see how LeBron impacts the game, and it's just amazing that he's doing it 15 years now in the league. His high school days till now, just unbelievable. Um, I love LeBron James. It was one thing that um, I kind of used to get irritated with him. I really started rooting for him. Like I used to watch him in high school because I was in high school at the time. And I thought, man, this guy is so much better than anybody I play with. No offense to any of my former teammates, but it's like he's so much better than anyone I, I play with at high school or anyone that's on our varsity team when I was a sophomore. And I was like, holy cow, what in the world? Um, but I didn't really like him that much until the playoff series against the Pistons. And then I still got frustrated with him throughout his career because I was a jazz fan. I just got irritated with him, but I really started rooting for him about, you know, the, that Pistons series. And then, you know, probably about 07, 08 is when I started rooting for LeBron. And I just been watching him the whole time. And I just love this guy. And it's going to be sad when he's out of the NBA. It really will. But I think we got a new rush of people coming through uh, some good young rookies that are going to take over the league and the league's going to be fun to watch still, but it will still be sad. Just like when Kobe left, it'll be sad when LeBron's gone. Um, anyways, I, I, I can't wait to see what happens this year for the finals. I hope the Cavs make it. I hope they can mesh well. Um, and I, I would love to see the Warriors play the Cavs if, if that makes it again. Um, for the fourth year in a row, it would be amazing with the athletes that the Cavs have and the, the team that the Warriors have put together again. Um, but we'll see what happens. I'm excited to see it. Um, is it LeBron's last year in Cleveland? Who knows? Uh, but I think that this, the way that this season pans out will have a major impact on the offseason. So anyways, guys, I appreciate you tuning in for this episode of the Game Time Guru. Sorry it was just by myself, but I hope you learned something or at least could take something from it. If you agree or disagree, let me know. I love I love talking to anybody um, about sports. So if, if you guys out there, the gurus yourselves, want to say something, come at me, bro. <laughs> just kidding. But uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars, and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.